Welcome to Health System CIO's podcast interview with Patrick McGill, MD, Chief Analytics Officer at Community Health Network. In part one, Dr. McGill talks about how he and his CIO challenge each other to think differently and be more strategic, the benefits of bringing IT, informatics, and business process management under the same umbrella, and the one time in which healthcare organizations need to prioritize collaboration over competition. So just for a quick background, you've been with the organization for for a few years, but you've been in your current role since December of 2018? Correct. Okay. Okay. Can you give an overview of what you see as really your core responsibilities in your role? Yeah, absolutely. So as the chief analytics officer, I serve Community Health Network, uh, overseeing all of our data and analytic functions, including our analytic center of excellence. And we have deployed analysts throughout the network as well. We have a unique structure at Community in that uh, I also oversee all of uh, clinical informatics and nursing informatics as well. And then I also oversee all of our information technology. So our CIO reports to me. And then in addition to that, I oversee our enterprise services, which includes our business process management, process discipline, portfolio management, uh, and then regulatory reporting as well. So we have a unique structure at Community. pulled analytics out of IT uh, in December of 2018 and created the chief analytics officer role. And I took that role. And then about nine months later, uh, we moved IT informatics and business process management under the single vertical. So we really feel that tying analytics, especially as with some of the digital transformation as well, analytics and IT and informatics, marrying those together uh, in a single vertical you know, really makes a lot of sense for our organization. And I always talk about different organizations have different organizational structures and cultures that kind of morph and match into their system. And this one mm-hmm. works for us at community. And then I'm, I'm a family physician by training. I still do practice and see patients one day a week. Okay. So you probably heard this, this term before that you wear a lot of hats. <laughs> do wear a lot of hats. Yes. <laughs> right. Okay. So now talk about what your relationship is like with the CIO and as far as, you know, how you guys work together. Yeah, I have a very close relationship with the CIOs. You know, we obviously we have a direct reporting relationship, but we really push each other and challenge each other to, to think differently, think strategically. He has a deeper IT background, his, his mm-hmm. career in IT. So we complement each other. And I think that's why we work so well is there's a complementary skills and background and knowledge. So obviously from the clinical aspect and and patient care and informatics and and the EMR, uh, I have that perspective. And then the data and analytics, he has the technical background, uh, the infrastructure and architecture. And so we, we actually leverage each other's strengths in kind of a better together relationship. Okay. And as far as the impetus for um, pulling analytics out of IT, what was the thought process there? Yeah, we had been dabbling in analytics for quite some time. We had, we had been partners with Health Catalyst since about 2014. We've been on Epic since 2011. And really our executive leadership at the time uh, was very interested in advancing our analytic capabilities. They were frustrated with where we were analytically. They were really interested in clinical variation and population health value-based care. And so we, through an engagement, uh, consulting engagement with Gartner, 
came in and they made some evaluations and recommendations and, and felt that, again, for our organization, culturally and structurally, pulling analytics out of IT, making it a separate department, really focusing on building out the analytics center about excellence capabilities, advancing our technologies, transitioning the data warehouse to the cloud, and really developing the skills of our analysts was going to be critical to our long-term success. We also had a lot of folks throughout the organization doing analytics. They were embedded in the individual business units. And so mm -hmm. it was a tie back to a central team from a skills, capabilities, development, obviously with data quality, data definitions, data governance. It, it made a lot of sense to align those together. And that's been very successful as well. We've been able to create a lot of automation of reporting and you know reduce staff time with developing a lot of reports. Uh, manually, they were they were living in Excel, and we've been able to to leverage some visualization tools and automation to drive the analytic capabilities forward. So that was really, you know, the impetus was really just as many organizations and I, as I talk to other folks around the country. I, I think I, I don't know any organization that exists that doesn't at some point have frustrations with data and, and analytics, mm -hmm. especially when they want to be data driven. So that was that was really the principle behind that. Right. Okay. And then with informatics falling under you, I would imagine that that really lends to being able to use analytics for things like EMR optimization and workflow redesign. Can you talk about some of what you're doing there? Absolutely. So we've, like I said, we've been on Epic since 2011, 2012, and you know, we've really focused our informatics on EMR usability, well-being, uh, provider well-being. And so now we partner with our informatics team on a lot of decision support capabilities to really drive outcome improvement, reduce waste, reduce unnecessary care. And now we're really focusing on social determinants of health and driving those workflows, which is social determinants of health is a great example of the intersection of IT, uh, informatics, and analytics as we can you know, improve the workflows in the EMR to capture the data. And then on the back end, be able to measure outcomes of patients and, you know, identify network strategies with partnerships and community benefit organizations and other initiatives. It's really a great marriage of clinical practice, clinical informatics, data and analytics, and then patient outcomes and patient improvement. So, yeah, it, I think you're right. We've also looked at areas around productivity and so efficiency. How do we how do we really use analytics to identify where the friction points are with usability in the EMR and, and try to improve those? Okay. Your social determinants is really interesting because I think that we're seeing that organizations are gathering the data, but I think it's that step of, of being able to apply it that seems like it's been somewhat of, of a roadblock for some organizations. Yeah, you know, we've we had a lot of initiatives and in social determinants. Prior to the pandemic, I think the pandemic highlighted a lot of gaps in whether it's either measurement or identification of some of the social determinant needs. And so we've taken a, a couple of approaches uh, to try and assist. We've partnered with a company called Aunt Bertha to help embed that in the EMR to connect patients to services in the community. We did that about a year before the pandemic. Uh, that's been very helpful. And then about four months ago, we launched a pilot. Now we've spread it throughout all of our primary care offices for universal screening for social determinants on annual wellness visits or annual physicals. And so we've seen a huge improvement in, in just the capture of social determinants from our patients that we're actually seeing. 
And especially with some of our populations, we have a, a large Latinx population, uh, Russian population, and then Burmese population. And so uh, some of the underserved patients, this has really been eye-opening for us. And then the ability to, again, use analytics. Uh, we've got some partnerships going to be able to import publicly available social determinant data, things like census data and, and other factors, similar factors to be able to drive opportunity analysis and build patient personas to also help augment our social determinants work as well. So it's really obviously data capture in the workflow in the EMR, partnering with machine learning algorithms to build personas, and then obviously the connections with our community benefit organizations to actually fill the gaps. And so I'm proud to say that one of our 2021 network goals, so this is a network goal, is to uh, actually improve the measurement and capture of social determinant data from our patients, but then also look at the number of gaps that are identified, how many of those have been closed within one year. So it's not just a measurement exercise, but actually yeah. an improvement exercise to close those gaps. Yeah, that's really important. And just in terms of something like the screening for social determinants on visits, is that something that you would share or um, seems like something that other organizations could benefit from? Is that something that you do? Oh, absolutely. So a couple areas this year, we are actually partnering with other health systems in central Indiana to partner on our community health needs assessment. This is our third year is up for our community health needs assessment. So we're partnering to do that. And obviously the social determinant data is a huge factor in the, the CHNA. And then also, you know, I, I've said many times and, and said it publicly, we as a health system can compete on a lot of different things, you know, who has the best joint replacement or who has the best outcomes or quality and safety from a surgery or whatnot. We should not be competing on social determinants of health. And so we've really taken a collaborative approach with our other health systems in the area in Indianapolis to say, how can we partner together? Uh, how can we partner to, to engage with the community benefit organizations to help close these gaps? How can we leverage each other's strengths and resources in these areas to help the patients. But like I said, we can compete on a lot of things, but we should not be competing on social determinants of health. Yeah, absolutely. One thing I had seen was uh, some work that the organization did around um, analytics with, with virtual care visits. And uh, that seemed pretty interesting because, you know, obviously this went from zero to 60. <laughs> was the impetus around that just trying to get a better idea of how these visits go and what comes from them? I mean, we, like every other organization, went from nearly zero virtual visits to 100% virtual visits. And so we tried to, the, the analytics was really driven around um, what, what activity is actually going on. Uh, are these telephone visits or these video visits, especially as we were trying to stand up uh, the functionality. And then we also launched some patient experience surveys and did patients prefer telephone, video, what was their experience? Were there certain populations of patients that preferred one or the other, whether by gender or race or location? And then long-term, we wanted the data to be able to show as things, quote unquote, opened back up and, and things started to return to normal, what was the activity of the virtual visits? Obviously, is it trending back to return down to zeros? People want or prefer face-to-face -face visits or is there some stickiness to these virtual visits? We also launched e-visits and e-consults at the same time. And so it's really gives us um, a good picture of what, what patients are preferring when outside of a face-to-face -face visit. 
Thank you for listening to this podcast from healthsystemcio.com. To hear other podcasts, visit our website or subscribe to our account in iTunes at healthsystemcio.com backslash podcast.